Billion Dollar Moves, hosted by Sarah Chen Spellings, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Join venture capitalist Sarah Chen Spellings as she asks the hard questions and learns through the triumphs, failures, and hard lessons of the creme de la creme so you too can make billion dollar moves in venture, in business, and in life. She's interviewing the real heavy hitters, like the CEO of Lego, like the former MD of Unilever. And Sarah does it all with her real unique interview style. Think Oprah meets Guy Raz of How I Built This. Listen to Billion Dollar Moves on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Link in the show notes. Hey everyone, welcome back to Techish. This is producer Ryan and I'm sitting in for Abba and Michael this week for a quick throwback episode. Today we have an episode dedicated to digital blackface with the proliferation of digital models thanks to AI. We look back at how Abba and Michael called out this trend way back in 2022. And if you've got anything to say on this topic, we'd love to hear from you on at TechishPod. So imagine my surprise when I was scrolling on Instagram the other day and through an influencer that I follow ended up on Todd's, the luxury brand's page. And I was like, okay, checking out their spring summer range. There's some cute things here. Like at my price range, but whatever. It looks nice. looks cute. And then I'm like, oh, I recognize this model. I recognize this face. There's yeah. this beautiful, you know, tall, ebony skinned model in like a white dress holding like the latest handbag. And I'm just like, God damn, that's Shudu. <laughs> that I mean, is Shudu. Shudu is a virtual model. Yeah. She presents as a black woman. She was created by an Englishman, a white Englishman, fashion photographer turned graphic designer. And she's been working with many luxury brands since she debuted about like four-ish years ago. Right, yeah. And I previously spoke about her when I was on Al Jazeera talking about virtual blackface, basically, because I think it's super messed up that there are actual black women models who would be happy to star in these campaigns. But instead, brands are picking virtual black models where none of that money goes to black people. Like the fact that we exist in a world where it's okay for a man who is white to make a virtual black woman and then profit off that virtual black woman to me is the story. Yeah. That says it all. Yeah. And it makes me angry and uncomfortable that that is still the case and that people are like, yeah, this is a really good choice. Let's work with Shudu. And like, I almost got sucked into it because I was literally like scrolling through this Instagram page like, oh, yeah, like yeah. I'm liking these, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these items. And I was like, wait a minute. Right. Now, when I posted this on my Instagram story, a lot of people were like, what? Yeah. Unawares. Who, what? Huh? Virtual models? What is this? Owned by a black? What? What's going on? Well, it's real. It's happening. There are virtual models out there. And a lot of these virtual models are representing something that the actual like people behind the camera are not affiliated with in any way. Yeah. There's no overlapping lived experience. Black woman, white man. It's basically like that New Balance story that we just talked about a minute ago in terms of like yeah. who's on the advert and who's getting paid. But at least in New Balance, it's actual real black actors getting paid. It's weird. So from when you first talked about that story, which is basically like almost two years ago, and yeah. then you went on Al Jazeera to talk about it, has it got worse? Or have you seen any other people push back as well as you now? I was expecting a public outcry. I, right. I mean, because like, that's how I was feeling. I yeah. was expecting people to be like, what? Shame on them. But the fact that this campaign's been out for a while, <laughs> like black no influencers are even working with that brand. I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is going on? So I think there's a lot of different parts to this. I think the first part is that a lot of people don't actually understand that she's virtual right that yeah. she's not a real person yeah, yeah, right? yeah so i think that's like the first part people are just like maybe it's some cool nft art i don't know yeah and then the second part is that not only is she like 
a representation of something like she is owned by a white man because i think a lot of people right. might be like oh cool well maybe she is yeah, like a representation know. of her maker right yeah, of her yeah. creator so i think those two parts are like what make it really like complicated and then like the third part obviously i'm going to project my you know my own context into it i'm thinking things like would brands rather work with a virtual black model than an actual black model because that's easier cheaper probably cheaper yeah that's problematic and yeah like why do brands like think it's okay to engage with like a representation of black without like actual black i think fast forward when we go into the quote-unquote metaverse whenever that timeline is it's going to be even more interesting and and weird because like it's going to be going to be like who are you really like you know there's going to be a thousand of these or millions of these kind of things situations where you don't know who's behind the mask right yeah well Um, for decades newsletter the cybernaut talked about this the pseudonym like the rise of the pseudonym and we talked about it briefly on techish you know there are identities that exist online that we can like literally put no lived experience on because we don't know you're like two initials and an emoji we don't know who you are and in many ways i understand the benefits of that right like if you are marginalized that's like incredibly powerful but like unfortunately there's like two sides to everything right and there's also an opportunity for people to be nefarious with that too and like pose as something that advantages them in a way that they wouldn't otherwise be i'm thinking people like rachel dozel you know she was a white woman oh yeah crazy acting like a black woman to take an opportunity in academia that really should have gone to an actual black person so obviously, Abadesi's got a lot of enemies out here, you know what I'm saying? Isn't it? Like, <laughs> a few enemies. The virtual black facers have come for me, y'all. Yeah. So basically, it went viral on TikTok and Abadesi's kind of, you know, analysis of Shudu, who is the virtual black influencer who's owned by a white guy, isn't mm. a real person and is getting a lot of paid sponsorship opportunities. Abadesi were feeling it. Your response was, <laughs> I think people were feeling it. It's like, just was, messed up on so many yeah. levels. Like the fact that a white man can recreate someone like me in their image and profit off it. I don't care if you used a black model to like design it or you use a black photographer in the shoot. At the end of the day, it's still your company, your ownership. Right. And yeah. Anyway, hit me up. What did the guy say? What, so, what are they saying? What are they saying? What's the defense? So Let the jury weigh in. I'm scrolling through Instagram after we posted it and I see a response from a verified account and it's Shudu. Okay. Shudu herself, himself, I don't know. Shudu, the, the entity Shudu. So, okay. The legal. Entity. <laughs> yeah. So here's what Shudu had to say. Mm-mm. It's such a shame that misinformation is still being spread. We work with real models and provide lots of paid opportunities to them. If you see a paid partnership, there is usually at least one model invoked. Oh, at least one involved. black model. Oh. Sometimes an entire creative team and a writer all oh. getting paid. I did not create Shudu to take away anything from anyone. And I can gladly say she's been a platform for models we work with who we call muses. Mm. You can read about their thoughts on working with Shudu on our website. I personally profit from my skills as a 3D artist and do not pretend she does anything but what she is i also educate people on how to create their own 3d models and i'm proud to have inspired and helped black women to work within 3d fashion oh how kind of you oh okay, cool. white savior so w- thanks what's, for saving us what's your thoughts on this is it enough to say yo people are getting paid he doesn't specify that black models are getting paid by the way he just says people there's a writer who's the writer bro like you know what i'm saying anyway what's your oh, thoughts about this? take it away missing the point completely missing the point. It's very natural to get defensive. I literally do anti-racism work every day. So I'm constantly talking about how racism manifests and constantly hearing people go, but, 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 uh, I have a black neighbor. I have a black dog. I eat jollof rice, like whatever. (laughs) And here's the thing, right? (laughs) Here's the thing. You're still the gatekeeper. Right. And that's what's messed up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's just one of the facets that's messed up about this, right? We know that uh, the media industry, the advertising industry, is full of gatekeepers and there are gatekeepers at agencies that can determine who's going to be the model that's the face of this campaign are agencies like his who go like you know what's actually going to be the creative vision here like what's going to be the face of this what 
what's going to be the aesthetics of it. And when he chose to create a black model, like he chose to remain the privileged gatekeeper, but then like, you know, create this image that's trending, that's hot, but not actually let that image represent like what it should represent, which is like money into black pockets. Like he's still Mm -hmm. the gatekeeper that determines whether the money goes into the black pockets because he's saying he sometimes uses muses, but it's still on him to decide whether or not he will choose a muse. Oh, he works with freelance photographers, designers. He still holds the power to decide who those people are going to be. If he was a black owned agency that was predominantly black employees and Shudu was one of the members of this black agency, then brands would know. And me as a customer supporting a brand would know, okay, when I'm paying for this, I'm putting money into black pockets. And black women's pockets as well. Black women's pockets. Whereas he's still the gatekeeper. And I noticed that he wasn't specific with any of those stats or details or facts. They were very vague and general. Like, oh, I sometimes work with black models and like, I sometimes work with people. He just said, I work with models and a a writing team. Could be anybody. Look, at the end of the day, I'm sure it was not his intention to find himself in the middle of a heated debate about virtual blackface and racism however that has been the impact of his work and he needs to own the decision to do that and this is something that we talk about in anti-racism work all the time your intention doesn't matter oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to run over your labradoodle yeah but the labradoodle's dead yeah the labradoodle's dead what's the impact the impact matters over the intention and the impact of him as a white man choosing to create a virtual black model is that actual real black women ain't getting paid yeah Are you sick and tired of wasting your precious time on tedious tasks like pulling reports, rewriting blog posts, and trying to personalize countless prospecting emails? Well, say no more because we've got some new AI tools that are going to blow your mind. Introducing HubSpot's newest AI tool, Content Assistant and Chatspot. Content Assistant uses the power of OpenAI's ChatGPT3 model to help you create content outlines, outreach emails, and even web page copy in just seconds. And in case that wasn't enough, they created Chatspot, a conversational growth assistant that connects you to HubSpot CRM for unbeatable support. With chat-based commands, you can manage contacts, run reports, and even ask for status updates. The easy-to-use CRM just got even easier. Head to HubSpot.com slash artificial intelligence to get early access today. Link in the show notes. Techish is sponsored by Intuit, a global technology platform that serves millions of customers worldwide with TurboTax, QuickBooks, Mint, Credit Karma, and MailChimp. They are now hiring for a variety of tech and non-tech roles across all products and regions. At Intuit, you'll be part of a team that emphasizes the importance of diverse voices to drive innovation and power and prosperity for all. Check out Intuit's career opportunities waiting for you. Visit intuit.com slash pocket. That's intuit.com slash pocket. Link in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about virtual models. Virtual models that might be appearing in the next fashion billboard or Mm -hmm. the next, you know, fashion campaign. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, you know, about to launch a clothing line, Michael... You might be interested in hiring some models to show off your fashion, show off your wares to your prospective customers. And that might be one of the many costs that you incur as you build your campaign. You need the photographer, the designer, the this, the that, and then you need the models. Mm -hmm. But what if I said to you, hey man, don't hire models. Hire my virtual models. What do you want? Mm. You want a virtual Naomi Campbell? You want a virtual Rihanna? You want a virtual, what you like? What's your taste? (laughs) What's your flavor? Okay. So instead of going out there you know, doing the castings, doing the hirings. You can just come to me. I'll sort you right out. Look at my book. Here's my book. Here's all my virtual models. Now, here's my problem. Go on. 
It seems like there are some people out there who do not like that the only models people want these days are underrepresented. People mm. want to have a black person in their campaign. People want to have a person in a wheelchair in their campaign. They want some curvy ladies in their campaign. All these different types of people. Maybe they want someone with Down syndrome in their campaign. I don't know. They just want different looks. Mm. And there are certain people who go, I don't have those looks, but I want that money. So what these people are doing is they're making fake models that have the looks that the brands want. And they're selling those fake models to the brand. And the people who are making these fake models of underrepresented backgrounds, marginalized groups, seem to, on my observation, always be white men. Right. So the most famous example is Shudu, which we've talked about back in the day. And basically Shudu? now... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. People didn't know that Shudu was a real person. She was out there rocking Dior. And I don't know. I don't even know what other luxury brands. She had her own Instagram profile. She has her own Instagram profile. And people are just like, oh my God, she's so gorgeous. I love her. <laughs> And then they were like, wait, what? Shudu's not real? Oh, and Shudu's owned by a white man. That's so kind of weird. Made me feel weird. Talked about it on Al Jazeera. And now there's another white man out here posting some Tiger Woods wannabe looking black dudes saying, come hire my <laughs> virtual models. Stop. <laughs> on behalf of black people, stop. If you are listening right now and you're a white man about to finish putting the last pixel on a black, Asian, whatever person that you plan to sell to brands, please stop. Put that pen down. You know what, though? I think it's going to get worse and worse. So with Shudu, there was an element where I think there was a bit of technical know-how that that wasn't that widely available. But basically with the proliferation of tools like Dali, Midjourney, ChatGPT, kind of of this new AI wave, it's become easier and easier. So the dude who's created this new modeling agency, it's called the deepagency.com, him, he's called Danny Postma, him and Levels behind Nomadlist, essentially have been spitting out a whole bunch of AI startups and this is one of their, this is one of Danny's one, basically. And I don't think it's technically that difficult anymore to basically build like a fake model, basically. Now, do these two European Dutch guys understand the sensibilities behind two white guys basically creating a whole plantation load of black people to kind of model? I don't think they do. And I think we're going to be in a whole heap of mess going forward because I think it's going to be more and more people doing this. And this dude blocked you, didn't he? When I sent it to you, you basically responded, <laughs> come on, like, and you just got blocked straight away. Like, how you feel about that blockage? You obviously uh... don't give me what you could say. I mean, I've been blocking people every day, so I don't mind. That's what the tool's there for. <laughs> the game's the game, basically. I mean, hey, it's cool. Like, you know, he doesn't want me to rain on his parade, but he, he he's missing a teachable moment. That's all I'm going to say. He's missing because if a, if you're if you're building black people and a black person says there's something about this that makes me feel uncomfortable, and you choose to just block that black person. Surely you are missing a teachable moment. But you know what? I went to Twitter because I got to recognize the limitations of my own, you know, knowledge, awareness, Mm -hmm. perception. And I just asked, you know, people who identify as underrepresented outside the dominant groups, how do you feel when you see virtual influencers and brand campaigns versus people with that lived experience? And I am not the only person who has an issue with this. Okay. So Araceli Camargo, she has her own podcast as well. The Centric Lab is her business. She said that a lot of marginalized people are not visible at all. Right. And Mm -hmm. when we are then created, we are created in the white man's fetishized white adjacent version of ourselves, right? We're not like, you know, it's what they want the black image to look like, what they want the indigenous image to look like. And that just further adds to our erasure from like the Mm. mainstream conversation and like the diversity and the nuance and the intersectionality. So I thought that was really interesting. Someone else also said that like, what about the opportunities that it's taken away? You know what I mean? Because if these campaigns are purpose-led campaigns, right? So if I'm literally like, I don't know, an oil company or a fast fashion company, and I'm like, hey, I recognize the you know, impact we're making on the world. So I want to do something positive. I want to give back. Here's how we're giving back to communities. And now they're using a virtual face mm. for that campaign. 
That seems so disingenuous. I'm going to make a prediction. My prediction is outside of like fashion runways and whatever, all kind of like online modeling will eventually be replaced in the next 10, 15, 20 years with digital facsimiles, basically. Um, Team photo. Because they're going to be cheaper to work with. They're going to be more malleable. They're going to be in any location you want them to be. They can wear any clothes you want them to wear. They can look however you want them to look. Unless there's like a specific backlash, like a cultural backlash, the technology makes it possible. So I don't see why I would hire an Instagram model to basically do what actual deep fake, deep AI generated model could do for me. Unless there's some sort of laws that block me from doing so, or there's a cultural backlash. I could be wrong. It's a very kind of aggressive prediction. I'm saying 10, 15 years. I probably am going to get embarrassed yeah. by that prediction, but I definitely but do think that's the that road that we're heading on. What about live action i mean we've got cgi movies we sit there and watch toy stories and we're like oh my god amazing these are all fake people right you depends how you want to take it right or avatar avatar is also fake people but that's still expensive isn't it it's still like prohibitive in terms of the cost at what point does that actually become cheaper than managing people because you've got like you know health and safety regulations and things like that yeah i don't know i think maybe i don't know let's see if i'm right so speaking of dangerous technologies Mm. I think we got to talk about what's going on at Levi. So Levi, you know, Levi, you just usually know them for some nice jeans, you know, your 501s, whatever, whatever. But right now they yeah. have partnered with a company called LaLaLand.ai to, cre- mm. to create hyper-realistic AI generated models. Um, yeah. And obviously that's troublesome as it is, but they've specifically said that we're doing this also so we can have more diverse representation. I, I don't know what kind of crack they're smoking over there at Levi HQ, right? <laughs> But so we posted this on, on Pocket on our Instagram account, basically. And obviously everyone was just up in arms. And let's keep it real. We talked about it here first. You talked about it with Shudu. So it's twofold. So mm. Shudu wasn't AI generated. Shudu was created by that individual uh, white dude who basically had created a black digital model to make money through brand deals. Now, yeah. any company pretty much now can create their own digital model using AI. And you, do, you don't need a graphic designer or whatever, whatever. So we're going to see a lot more of this. What's going on now? Why are these brands not thinking it through? Hold on, this don't make no sense. We could hire a real black woman or a real Asian woman or a real Asian man or black man. Like, why are we now going back, going this route? Isn't, like, how disturbing is this going to get before, we, before <laughs> they realize? Like, come on, man. I mean, what can we say? I feel like using virtual models as a way to show that your brand is representative. I mean, to me, genuinely, is like the definition of virtue signaling because Mm. you're like sending the impression that your values or your ethics are a certain way. Hey, we love supporting, I don't know, black businesses or bringing money back into black communities. But like the actual actions to back that up and the integrity of those actions doesn't quite live up to the statement. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, they're partnering with La La Land and I did a bit of research into La La Land.ai and it's quite impressive what the founders have done. And one of them is a black guy. Like mm-hmm. he's been on a mission for the last few years to like talk about how there's this opportunity with AI to like bring diversity where it wouldn't be. I guess in his head, he's thinking they're not going to hire a black model anyway. If I can make it easier for them to get a black right. face into that campaign, let me do that. You know, they have funding from Google's Black Founders Fund. They've been, they were in Forbes 30 under 30 this mm. year. He seems, I mean, the guy only graduated university a few years ago. So it's you know, pretty impressive what they've been able to do, raise Series A, et cetera. From a founder perspective, Kudos. he's done a lot more than many black men have done. <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. I just got to like put that 
on the record. But yes, we do have an ethical dilemma here because when we asked for representation in 2020, right, like when many people like us were being very vocal about what we feel greater Black representation in the media can look like, in fashion can look like, we meant like wealth generation, right? Because I think we're still thinking about statistics like the generational wealth gap, the existing wealth gap, the pay gap, capitalism isn't going anywhere. So I think the reason why this virtual representation is so troubling is because it's visual change, but it's not commercial change. It's not material change. And that's really what creates an impact. Yes. So representation, at least in the modeling industry or for kind of this kind of visual stuff, you're right. It was about twofold. It's about self-esteem. So obviously one, it's about showing people that, you know, they're represented in society. So if you're a young black girl, you can see yourself, you know, in TV and film and media. But like you said, it's also about wealth generation and allowing black actors, black actresses, black models to get paid. And they've missed that part. Yeah, it's a sad, sad world. And actually my prediction was a few episodes back that they will no longer be real life models being used for digital photography. So I said on the runway, they probably still will be models. And actually maybe once we go into the metaverse, there won't be. But my prediction was 10, 15 years and I can't lie when i saw this story i was thinking i might have predicted it way too far into the future this might be a five six year thing so if you're no. getting your bag if you're getting your bag on ig right now as a virtual influencer i mean as a virtual as an influencer just be careful in it store away mm. your shekels store away your rubles <laughs> store away your rupees put the money in your bank account and save because it might be it might be dark times in the future that's all i'm saying it's a prediction catch me in five yeah. years and see. i mean I think where the Shudu case study is interesting is that Shudu started an Instagram without being explicitly virtual, right? And actually built a significant follower. It'll be interesting to see if the creators of virtual models are able to do that for their models, build a brand around their models. Because it's mm-hmm. not just the face that people are buying, right? It's the audience too. Like Lil Michaela, she, you know, was one of the first virtual influencers. And by virtue of being the first, like huge audience, huge like cachet status. So partnering with her meant getting that connection. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yo, everyone, that brings us to the end of this week's Techish. Techish. We will catch you next week at us at TechishPod. Find us on hashtag Techish also on social media and please leave a review on Apple and Spotify. Peace. Thank catch you. you next week. See you soon. everyone, it's Abdesi from Hustle Crew with a special message for you. So if you've ever been at work and heard phrases like, mm, they're just not the right culture fit for our team, or, ooh, she seems a bit unapproachable, scary, or, hmm, I just don't think he's ready for a promotion, then it might be that bias is at play. But how do we handle it? How do we advocate for ourselves or others in a world where a lot of people aren't aware of their own biases? Well, you can join me for a free webinar this Wednesday, where I'm going to teach you exactly how to navigate bias at work through courageous conversations. Learn how to identify common biases at work and confront them in a way that feels authentic and sustainable to you. Sign up, bring your team, 